Welcome to She Bought That DVD, the podcast where every week we are watching one new DVD from our mother's giant collection. I am your co-host, Jaylene. And I'm Violet. And what movie did we pick last week to watch this week? 42. The Jackie Robinson story. As I horribly butchered everything that I had mentioned last week, I was editing two nights ago and Keep in mind that we were recording at 6.30 in the morning and I was just reading for the first time and I was stumbling over my words. I call it like the Jack Rob, like Robson movie. And then I kept butchering it further and further. And then at the end, I finally said the Jackie Robinson movie. But I like it was so early in the morning that my brain couldn't pick up the fact that like you have previously mentioned this now two times that this is wrong. And guess what? We're recording again at 630 in the morning. And who knows what this one's going to turn out to oh, be? Oh, yeah. Because you were hilarious to listen to <laughs> just being so far out of it. <laughs> oh, and, like, no. You can tell that you're like slowly just trying to wake up and like use your brain. I've been up for now an hour and 40 minutes. I think I've been up for 20. <laughs> and it's just, it has to do with conflicting schedules. And just this is the only time that we can meet. And it's totally fine. It just makes for a little bit more of a hilarity. Maybe it's a comedy of errors is the best way to kind of describe this. But we'll see how this goes. Because last week was just... Yeah, I, I had a good laugh editing last week's episode. Okay, so last week we picked 42, and neither of us had seen this film. I can't remember. Had you even heard of this film? Because I had not heard of no, this I film. No, I had not, no. I mean, I had heard of it in the sense that I knew it was on the spreadsheet, but past that, I didn't know what it was about. Turns out we have two copies, which I did, I knew that last week. And the other copy is on a double feature. I looked at what it was and I was like, eh, do I announce what it is? I'm not going to. Like, by the time we reach the next film, I'll just mention that 42 is on it. It it doesn't really matter. It is a baseball movie, which I think is my very first baseball movie in a very long time. I can't, like, did Airbud have a baseball? Like, that would be the closest to sports that I would get to. It's a good question. I'm trying to think of a baseball film. There has to be something. So according to IMDb, this movie made more like is like the top earning baseball film out there since the bench warmers. But I never saw the bench warmers and I don't think you saw the bench warmers outside of Moneyball. Oh, but maybe Moneyball came before bench warmers. I thought Moneyball was early. I thought that was 2012. 11. I was off by a year. That's a good guess. How much money did Moneyball make then? It made more money. So maybe it's the opening weekend that the fact was. What? When did 42 come out? 2013. April oh, okay. 12th, 2013 was the release date for 42. It had a budget of $40 million and worldwide it grossed $97 million. So it was fairly successful. I will say worldwide is a little bit of a different story because it showed that like in US and America, it made 95 million, but then it only made 2 million worldwide. 
I understand baseball is not necessarily a huge sport outside of North America. However, it is apparently very big in South Korea. In Japan. Yeah. So it could have been a limited release over there. And I don't know how much into American sport films they like. I don't know. That's actually a really interesting thing to look at is like, do football movies do well overseas? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. Anyways, so we watched this movie. We both just also discussed that we both watched it over two days. I watched it over two days because the first day I watched it, I didn't have time on the weekend to watch it because it was very busy. And then Monday, I ended up taking a sick day because I had ran my race on Sunday and I was just like in a lot of agony and sitting down in a desk was like doing me absolutely no good. And I think in the span of like an hour and a half, I gotten like one simple task done because I kept getting up to lie down. And I was like, you know what? This is not going to be a productive day. I'm given sick and care hours. I need to go lie down. So then I started watching the movie. But my issue was I still wasn't that amount of pain lying down that my brain was like, this isn't fun. Like you're watching a movie that's like entertaining, but it's not uplifting at this moment. Like it's a pretty uh, serious topic. Heavy at times. Yeah. So. I I got through the first hour and I was like, I need to stop. Like, I just this is we need we need to approach this with a bit of a better mindset. And then Tuesday, I I had really good intentions of going back to the gym on Tuesday and Monday night rolled around. I was like, there's no way that I can do this. So normally I'm at the gym for 630 Instead, I used that time to finish the movie and I was in already a much better mindset where I was like, wow, this movie's actually like really good. It sucks that like that first hour was so tainted with like just not being all there. Yes, I watched it over two days. I had it planned to watch it over three days. I told myself I was going to watch between 30 and 45 minutes a day. And the first day I watched an hour and I wanted to watch more, but I had to go to sleep. Um, And then the second day I watched the second hour. It was, I really enjoyed this film. It was, I was going to say super easy to watch. No, it wasn't at times easy to watch, but I wanted to finish the film. The pacing of this film was very well done. I think the way that they told the story... Yes. Sorry. You could finish your thought. Oh, okay. No, just the way that they told the story was pulling out key elements that were really, really important and continuing that throughout the season with the changeover of like whose teams that they're playing. I just, the way that they did the passage of time was very, I don't want to say well done, but I think it matched what my expectation for like... I don't know what I'm trying to say. Passage of time. Like, what about it was really well done? Do you want me to say my thought and then maybe it will help? Yeah, maybe. Okay. I thought the pacing, I'm my second note is pacing is interesting. We're really moving fast. So within the first 10 minutes of the film, it really jumps quickly. Um, I didn't write down a single person's name. Uh, so Harrison Ford's character 
starts off with him. He has an idea. We meet Jackie and then we go back to Harrison Ford and like wordy like on to the next step. And it's it's very fast, but it set the tone for the rest of the the film. Like it was like, OK, we're just going with it. And like we really flipped through in like, yeah, specific chunks or key elements were included. But it 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 wasn't you, you didn't have to as the viewer uh, fill in any gaps with how fast it was moving. Like it was still very easy to follow um, what was happening. Yeah. Because the start, the start of the film right away says 1957, which is when Jackie is already a part of the team. But then we flash back to what is the reason why. And that's like the quick setup of like, okay, so we're going to tell the story in 1957, but you need the 10 minutes of background story as to like, how did we get there? Yeah, I definitely agree with you on the expectation kind of being set up with like how time is going to be told amongst the story. It's been a long time since I've had trailers on a DVD. Oh, you? Yeah. Okay. You watched the DVD. I watched it on Netflix. Yes. And it was very exciting. But then it got to the point where I was thinking, is the movie eventually going to come on? Because I had a lot of trailers. And so this came out 2013. I guess DVDs were still... Yeah, Netflix hadn't quite been launched or it had just launched. One of two. I need to know this concrete date in canada when netflix was launched it, it was it was very new though yeah i like and very at new. that point there was very little that was on um netflix to watch so the very first trailer was the tobacco warning so don't smoke guys that that was it the next one was pacific rim and i didn't remember this movie and i was watching it and i was like why does this like give me battleship vibes meets some sort of other like extraterrestrial alien water movie and then pacific rim was also kind of like confusing because they weren't showing actors in it per se but then they started showing them it was like i don't know who any of these people are so i don't know how well that did the next one was man of steel which is the superman movie i forgot about that one and i was watching it was like this this looks cool i haven't seen it. have you seen man of steel we saw Superman Returns. I have no idea. We saw the Superman that came out in, in the mid-2000s yes, in the yes. theater. I actually don't know. I don't think... I have I, not seen Man of Steel. I might have. I Like, you were going to the movie theaters at this time. Yeah, I very well might have. I just don't remember. Okay, and then the next one was The Great Gatsby. I've seen that one. I, I like, as soon as the font came up, I was like, well, I know what movie this is. I, I can just tell right away. I have also seen that film. Then Jack the Giant Slayer, which is basically a take on Jack and the Giant Beanstalk. I recognized the actor, but I couldn't place him anywhere and I didn't grab his name. You can see like how I'm just like, holy smokes, like this is like never ending for trailers because then the final thing was this thing called ultraviolet and you collect digital TV shows and movies in the cloud. And I looked it up. You have a little code um, on the little piece of paper that's inside the DVD and you enter it into your ultraviolet 
account. And then basically it proves that you own a copy of that and it's always stored in the cloud. This was a way for basically Hollywood or the industry to still capitalize on making money with DVD sales while also giving options to people owning a digital copy. The company went under in 2019. So that's kind of like what I was having a really interesting conversation with Helen on her way home from the race about how streaming is interesting in the sense that you have access to stuff, but it's it's not yours and it's not yours forever. And the only way to guarantee forever is owning it physically. But like a lot of people don't like owning things physically because it's creating a lot of clutter. Case in point, I mean, like not case in point, our mother's collection is clutter, but it's pretty damn overwhelming to look at. And it hasn't been fine tuned into a collection where I'd be like, yeah, I'm happy to say like, I know everything on the shelf and I appreciate it all. But it is, I think like this project is an interesting way to kind of try to merge the two where you technically own it, but you don't have to physically own it. And I guess like I I know like Apple has that feature where you can buy it and then you can download it at like any point, correct? Yeah, I have some things that I bought on Apple because we own on DVD and I the DVDs don't work. Yeah, but like what I'm saying is if you you have unlimited downloads, it's not a specific number of downloads. It's similar to like what music. If you move computers and you had iTunes way back when, you I, could move your library. I've only ever watched it connected to like I've just like watched it connected to internet. I've never downloaded a copy of what gotcha. it is. Gotcha. Um, so good question. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I watched it on a TV. I couldn't download it on a TV, but it might be different if I had uploaded I had uploaded if I had opened the application on a computer. Haven't tried yet. Yeah. But it's just for future me to look at. So when I'm like editing, I can look into this and answer this question next week. I just I I understand them why like people don't want to own physical copies, but I'm also I understand why people don't want to necessarily buy every single thing and own every like it gets expensive so I see like why the appeal to streaming is a big thing however it's just the lack of owning it forever issue but I personally think Disney solves this because Disney I don't see removing anything of their own that wouldn't make sense no but they could get pretty nasty and have separate subscriptions built in based on what people wanted to watch yes and so like that's how they could then open up their market share and capitalize and get parents to spend more money on things which i don't like the idea of uh, honestly, I was thinking about this yesterday. What happened if like internet just stopped for a moment? How long that moment is, I don't know. What would that look like? I mean, people go crazy when like Reddit goes down because they're like, okay, well, like what we do, what do we do? I don't, I mean, last year there was a cell provider that was out for 
think it was out for eight to 12 hours in certain areas. I was a part of that. And I realized for me that I actually didn't contact anyone. Like the lack of contact to other people didn't really matter to me. It was the internet that mattered more to me. Yeah, honestly, I had no problems to like everything was fine because you just connect to Wi-Fi if you have the ability to do so. But I had to text someone like I was picking someone up and I had to like text them to let them know that I was there. That was really and I outside of that, I would have had no issues. Yeah, I don't call. I don't really like text anyone. Do you not have alternative con? I guess like that would have been just a one time thing, because like with most people I know, I have an alternative way of connecting with them. In this case, no. Yeah, like I just good. literally couldn't. OK, before we talk about the movie, I just want to quickly talk about my race that I did on Sunday. I did really, really well. I am really happy with all of the training that I put into it. I didn't do a lot of training for it, but I had the goal of getting under four hours and I had to figure out all my times in order to make it under four hours. And I was able to do it. I was really, really happy with that. There has been a lot that's been going on within our area of the province. Smoke was a huge factor and I am still feeling the effects of running on Sunday with the smoke. Yeah, that was the worst day. I can't get it out of my lungs. And at the time, it bothered me in the sense of a headache and just being like, this is annoying to breathe. But I have just been like nonstop, like it's just stuck in me. I feel like I'm a smoker and I just can't get it out. And I have done activities in the smoke before because I've just come to accept that sometimes the new norm, obviously, if the fire was like a couple kilometers away and we were in the state of like what Kelowna is like, I wouldn't be outside. That is completely different. But it was relatively safe-ish to run on Sunday. I am just feeling those effects, though. It was the worst on Sunday. Yeah, but it wasn't Kelowna bad. No. No. Um, how long was your, your race? 23 kilometers. Nice. Yeah. So last year I had finished it in four hours and 20 minutes. This year I did it in three hours and 56 minutes. I shaved off about 24 minutes from last year's time. Where was it? Squamish. Oh, it's that one. It's yeah. The one that three years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they do a half marathon. Okay. Yeah. So we did that, which was really exciting. And I think it was just really exciting seeing my math work because I was like, okay, the first three hours, I have to be on a six kilometer pace. Like I have to be, if I'm behind, this is not going to work. You are not going to be under because as much as the math doesn't work at the end, you're also under so much fatigue that that final hour is actually like really, really tough. There's less elevation that you have to do, but you're so exhausted at the very end that that final you're doing math in your head. Yeah. yeah. The first hour is six kilometers. The second hour is 12 kilometers. The third uh, hour is 18. I had to 
I only run 23 kilometers. So if it was 24, I would have been at the four hour mark. So I had lost a little bit of time. I also had an aid station. Like I also stopped at the three hour mark and basically, no, I had less than that. Uh, would have been two. It would have been just under two hour mark. I stopped and had a snack. Oh, I had watermelon. That was like the most amazing thing to eat. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. So I had to run the final two and a half kilometers on the road. I had trained for that. My body knew that this was going to be absolutely horrible to do. It's also the worst part because the sun is out. So you're just being like hit by all the sun, but like it's also like smoky sun, which isn't all that great. The other issue I was dealing with, I had two issues on this run. The first one was my right foot didn't like my shoe. And I thought I had done enough running in these shoes to kind of like break them in. Turns out I did not. And how new are they? I think I put about 150 kilometers into them previously. So that's a, that's a decent that's amount. A lot, yeah. I was having a lot of issues with the pressure buildup on the right side of my foot that I had to keep stopping and taking off my shoe, relieving the pressure and then putting back my shoe on. I also developed a horrible blister on my arch. I'm talking, I can only explain this in Canadian terms, but basically the size of like two loonies next to each other on my arch is the size of my blister. It's huge. And I, yes, it was painful, but it's like one of those things where you just get into the mode of like, this is painful, but it will stop when I have to stop. I only have 10 more kilometers to run. Like it'll, it'll be fine. That was basically what I had in my head. And then the final issue that I was running into was my calves were cramping so bad. I was like lifting my foot up and I would like go to point my foot, uh, like point my toe to like um, specifically more uphill and my calf was teased and I like nearly like knocked myself down. It's trail running. So flat really isn't a big thing. Yeah. And I just wanted a flat section to give my calves like a little bit of a break, but I wasn't given that. So I had to stop and like stretch them out every once in a while. But it's tough when you are on such a time chase where you're like, I want to make this happen. And you just don't want the disappointment because like I've I've dealt with disappointment and it sucks. And I knew I had it in me to do the under four hours. And I just I really wanted it. I think today is the first day where I'm actually going to go back to the gym, though, which it's been a long break. It's been four days. My body misses it. I'm ready. So, yeah, that that's why I probably sound like not hoarse, but like I've got it in my throat. It's all the smoke. How long does it take you to run 6K? Uh, Like flat? Yeah. I'd say around 45 minutes. Okay. I'm just comparing. To what? That's how long it, it takes me, but I walk the first K. Cool. I don't know. I don't know. I just started running, so I don't know where I'm at is really what it is. I'm trying to get up to 10K. Yeah, but like you don't compare yourself to someone else. I want to know that I'm running. Sometimes I feel like I'm sl slow running. Yeah, but that's good. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like I literally don't know like what I look like. That... Yeah, no, that part doesn't matter. What matters is your heart rate. You should be training to your heart rate. Sad thing is, 
where how my watch sits it doesn't capture parts of it it peaks at 170 for how long Mm, a while three hours three hours three minutes no um the average was 140 no for when i'm running for the running parts the walking parts it says it's 118 okay so then you're going too fast okay okay like it's really i don't know it's apple right yeah and then do they do zones do you have five different zones no idea okay so what do you use sundo okay uh so you have five different zones I have a very bad heart rate and I'm working on it, but I, I end up in zone five far too often and I shouldn't be in zone five when I am running at a very good, slow, my pace is like in the right zone. I'm in a two to three, two is like, you can keep a good conversation and you don't necessarily need to stop and have a breath. Three is like you can have a conversation, but it's not a consistent conversation. Like you can um, keep like moving, breathe, and then keep going and then breathe. Whereas like two, it's like you and I just talking right now. Yeah. Four is productive training where you are elevating your heart rate and then you're able to slow it down and get back into zone three comfortably. Zone five just means that you are overwhelming everything and you are going out too hard and fast so that's why like I do one kilometer sprints and so going into zone five doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing but you don't want to stay in there okay that's that's kind of what it is so that's why I'm trying to figure out like what is your percentage because like I can go on a five kilometer run and I can get five percent of my run in zone five but then the bulk of the um, run is sitting in zone three or four. Okay. My heart rate's slowly decreasing, though, over time. Because I was getting up to 80, 180. Now I'm in the seven, 170. Which means, like, heart strength. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I was just curious. No, that's fine. We should jump into the movie. Um... There's a lot to kind of like go through in this film, but at the same time, it's pretty simple. It's just about the story of Jackie Robinson and how he gets onto the Dodgers team. And he's the first black man to basically get onto the major leagues. Um, At this point in time, there actually were black specific teams. Things were still very segregated. So it's not as though black people weren't necessarily playing baseball. They just were not a part of the major leagues. So Ricky is the man who ultimately scouts out to have a black man on the Brooklyn Dodgers. And we first hear that it's about money. Yes. His reason for pursuing. Yeah. Having a, um, a black athlete. I do like, though, that Ricky kind of figures out he needs to pick someone who has a very, very tough shell because this man is going to be basically one of the only black guys out there, like even amongst the crowd. And he's got to deal with a lot. So he went with someone who was in the army or had come back from war. Yes. And based on his record, willing to stand up for himself. Yes. And like 
couldn't let things like go, but also like know when to kind of push forward. So he gets picked up into the American League of Baseball and he's taken to the training camp uh, in Florida for Montreal and the Dodgers at this point. It's not going well. He's being heckled. There's some people who are just like, I'm not like wallflower is not the right way to describe it, but like they're not saying anything, but they're also certainly not standing up for him. Oh, yeah. They're just observers. Yeah. And then, yeah, he gets picked on by one of the guys and he starts with the Montreal team before moving to the Dodgers. And the guy on the Dodgers team is quite nasty to him and says a lot of racial slurs. And then ultimately, at this point, this isn't quite shown in the film, but Jackie actually did play for the Montreal's team for a year and a half before being traded to the Dodgers. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't as like imminent as what the movie had depicted. It's just they didn't need to. It was a year in the movie. I guess it It was. It it just fast forward. Very fast. The pace of this movie is very fast. So when he gets to the Dodgers team, the one guy is like, I don't want this guy on the team. And Ricky's like, well, then you can get traded. Like, if you don't want him on your team, like, you can go to the Pirates. And it seemed as though the Pirate team was the team that all the rejects went to. Like, if you had a bad attitude or you just weren't that good, you went to the Pirates team. So then they start on opening day. It's April 15th, 1957, 47. And he gets heckled and thrown balls at him. Like, it's pretty horrible to watch. It's Mm -hmm. not a pleasant sort of situation, but it's done well to depict, like, the realistic way of, like, what Jackie would have actually sawn on the field. I think the other thing that matters at this point, too, is, like, You could see that all of this was starting to affect Jackie and he gets upset and Ricky's like, just show them that you can play baseball. You're here for baseball. Show them that you can steal bases. Show them that you can actually play the game. So as he starts to like let what is being said at him brush off of his shoulders and be like, okay, like I'm here for baseball. Let's play baseball. He ends up scoring a point for the other team and not for the other team, for his team. (laughs) And they, I believe, win that first game that we see them in. Speaking of the first game, what I really loved about this movie, and I don't, I tried to see if this was real or if this was not real, the announcer, and it's the doctor from Scrubs. Yes. Okay. He was the radio announcer. And he never, ever depicted race once. No, he didn't. And I, I loved that. Yeah. And the way that he described everything was, it's just, it's just about the sport. That's all, that's all we're here for. It doesn't matter who's like, you have a name. I'm going to use your name, but past that, nothing else. And does this man exist? Like, did you find anything? I wasn't able to find anything about that. So I'm just curious to know if this character was put in 
as a representative of there were people out there who literally didn't care and just saw the game as just the game. Like Mm -hmm. that's all that really mattered. And so it was giving a voice to those people. I think that's the way I'm seeing it. We see a flip through a lot of games. He also has a baby at this point with Rachel, which we haven't really like he has a wife. Man. Wife. Yeah. They yeah. get married. <laughs> like, the, again, lots of things happen the first 10 minutes. They get married. <laughs> she ends up getting pregnant. Yeah. They have <laughs> like, a kid. Like, there's, there's a lot of good things happening in his life. But by the end of the movie, they make it to the World Series. That's like the final game that they play. And then the end of the movie basically has a huge recap of like what happens for the future of baseball. Like, I don't know, like, how do you talk about this movie without going into the details of all the games? I just think it's a movie that you need to watch because like without reenacting everything that's absolutely happening, like it's just impossible to talk about. So they go to the World Series. They end up actually losing. I looked this up because I want to know if they won, but they didn't. So then the following years, more change to come with diversity. So there was one other guy who joined the following year who was black. And then the following year, another guy joined the team that was not the team, but like the league, the league as a whole um, as a black man. I also really want to go over a couple of facts that I have. So Jackie Robinson finished 1947, just that first year, as the batter with the most hit pitch hit by pitchers with a total of nine balls to his body, which is crazy. In 1957, so 10 years later, the Dodgers moved to L.A. and they became the L.A. Dodgers. This confused me because I was listening to a different podcast a couple of days ago and they mentioned the L.A. Dodgers. I was like, no, I just literally watched a movie that they were the Brooklyn Dodgers. What is going on? And I asked Braden, like, I was like, is it the L.A. Dodgers? And he's like, yeah, like, why? I was like, oh, I, I really need to look this up. So, okay, this is why the movie takes place in Brooklyn prior to them moving and being sold out west, which... I was like, okay, I'm not going to know this. Like, we're not, we're not super big baseball fans. Like, we are, no, not at all. (laughs) Uh, And then finally, the team name is derived from the reputed skill of Brooklyn residents at evading the city's trolley streetcars. The name is a shortened form of their old name, the Brooklyn Trolley Dodgers. (laughs) I thought that was such a cute little fact. I like that. Um, I'm just going to go back to you talking about how the film ends with like these still shots and then you mm-hmm. get a little recap in writing. Well, Netflix, mm-hmm. I watch everything in subtitles. The words are not printed on the still shots where they should be, where they, there's clear, clearly room for text to be overlaid on top of whatever that scene is. Yeah. So I'm watching this and I'm just getting these like, Small little, small little video clips, and then it's pausing. Like I don't understand what's going on, and it, it kept doing that. I watched three like that, and I was like, "Okay, something's not right." And the subtitles are just the lyrics to the song that is playing. No Netflix. So then I had to like go back turn and then off. turn off, and then yeah. So then the subtitles change over to whatever the script is that's mm-hmm. supposed to be put directly onto the still images. the still image, but it's not. It's at the bottom. And they don't give you a lot of time to read either because it it only puts like um, 
one sentence. So if there's multiple lines, it's like flipping through both of those lines and whatever that still shot is supposed to be rather than both of those lines being printed on that still shot. I was like, I can't keep up with this. (laughs) Quite something. Disappointing that I don't understand. That's on Netflix. Why? I don't know. Do they not have rights to the font that was printed? (laughs) Why? Why isn't it embedded in the image? I don't know. That's yeah. a good question. Yeah, no idea. Yeah. yeah, so the big one was 42 is permanently retired yes. as of 2014, I believe, is the date. Yeah. No one is allowed to actually have the number 42. Prior to that, I believe in the 90s, it was like soft retired or like mid-thousand. It was soft retired. So if you already had the number 42... You got to keep it or have it. Correct. Yeah. But as of 2014, that is not the case. There's a lot of things in memorandum to Jackie Robinson, such as um, stadiums. I was going to call them theaters. (laughs) And uh, I believe there's also a scholarship in his name. There's there's a lot attributed to him. And then April 15th, uh, because that was his first day on the uh, field every... Every year, the Dodgers wear... Everyone um, wears the number 42. Everyone wears... I did, I couldn't figure out if everyone... Yeah, everyone, including oh. the people they play, whatever team they play against. I don't know what team it is. Okay. Everyone wears 42 on their jersey. Gotcha. Oh, that's really cool. So yeah, that was the movie. I did want to quickly talk about the fact that um, neither of us are super familiar with baseball. I'm more familiar, I think, with baseball than you are. But could you explain the game of baseball? You're at home plate. Someone throws the ball. You try and hit it. And then you run to first plate. And then depending on how far the ball has gone, you can keep running to the next plate. And if someone catches the ball immediately, you're out. Um, If the ball does not get thrown over top of the plate, then it's a ball and if it does and you don't hit it it's a strike uh you can steal plates that's always really comp not it's not actually that complicated we just weren't allowed to do that no we weren't it was like a rule don't like because everyone that played baseball or softball would always like try and then the gym teachers would be like no we're not playing like that you can't i don't know what else to am i missing anything no i mean like there's balls but that, that's very um, technical and if you get four balls you get to walk yes yes that i know yeah the only time i've ever played was in at school and yeah. i never played it in high school i only ever played it in elementary school i don't remember ever playing it in high school no we well because we went different high schools i think what I'm more familiar with is California kickball because those are the very similar Oh, my goodness, rules. yes. Yes, of course. Playing California kickball. No, I'm just like shocked right now after we moved schools. That school, we didn't play baseball. No, and I just think that had to do with like baseball was not the dominant sport. Football was. Yes. So that, and I, I, I don't know, like, I don't know if it's like the ignorance of, from me, but like I take it throwing a ball to kids to hit is not easy. Well, that's why the gym teacher always did it. I know, but maybe they didn't have talented gym teachers to do that. Well, okay. I mean, at the other school, when we played baseball, I got hit yeah. in the face. Yeah. He threw it right at me. And Which gym teacher? McGinnis? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Just hit me. <laughs> Oopsies. Yeah. And then I went to the office. <laughs> do you enjoy watching baseball? 
because we went, I think this was like six years ago now, we went down to watch the Blue Jays and the Seattle Mariners play. Okay, that was fun. I liked that. It's, was it because it was live? Yes. Okay. It's a very long game. It it's, can be. It's very, it's played very differently than games with like um, breaks. Yeah, like timeouts? Yeah, no, no, not timeouts. Like, uh, like um, periods or... Yeah. Like, I mean, they swap over. Yeah, but they're consistently swapping over mm-hmm. and it depends on how long... Uh, like the balls and play for I don't know what to say like how many like this like because it can be really quick it could be a, a long time it feels more of like um not a slower paced game it's just the duration of it can last a long time yeah because if you aren't getting three players out within three players then you have a chance of it running longer like I realized at the game like you could just like get up and walk around while game was still going on and you didn't necessarily miss too much. Yeah. Whereas like going to a hockey game, much different experience. Like you don't just, I mean, you can. <laughs> You're not strapped to your seat. You, people, majority of people don't get up until like the period is over. So what sports do you enjoy watching? Huh. That's a good question. <laughs> I really like watching curling. <laughs> Yeah, curling is actually very exciting love, to watch. I love to watch curling when that is on. That's my favorite Olympic sport to watch. I think it has to do a lot Or like, with, sorry, favorite sport to watch when the Olympics are going. Yeah, it just has a lot of logic behind it. Like you have to have power. You have to know how to throw the rock. And angles and there's uh, so much going on. The other one I really liked, them picking winter sports. I really love the Winter Olympics when mm-hmm. they're on. Um like uh skeleton luge, luge bobsled. and bobsled yeah love watching those three and then summer usually watching gymnastics there's just so many events yeah there are they, they got a lot to give they <laughs> they have a lot to do yeah there's uh there's a lot of sports in the olympics yeah that's it what about you i really do enjoy watching baseball um I will pick that like out of all of the major league things, baseball is the one thing I will watch. I don't like hockey. I don't like football. I don't like soccer. I like baseball because there is so much logic behind what you are doing. Like every situation is going to be so different depending on like what you've got set up on bases. If I had to pick, I enjoy basketball because it's really fast oh, i the, don't like that when they like they, the way they move around the mm-hmm. court like it's just going and i'm having to keep up um so visually stimulating football if it's an interesting game some games i'm like what is this is uh um hockey i've never enjoyed watching hockey because the puck is way too small to follow on the screen granted i grew up a lot of my life not knowing no i couldn't see yeah but not knowing that the puck was like you weren't supposed to see it. I like I no like, no no no. Like I didn't have glasses. I know I know. And I like actually couldn't see. Yeah, but and also like TVs back then were terrible. Yes. And not playing the sport to understand like well yeah. It's much different experience than you know kind of where the puck is going or where to follow to look. I think like that's a big 
attribute to all of these sports is like we didn't play any of them. Soccer can be hype, but the field is so big. Yeah, it's really big. It's really big. <laughs> and all I can think is, man, they do a lot of, well, well some players, not all, but like just running, just a massive field. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it's between football and basketball then. Yeah, that's fine. Do you think that this film required you to have a baseball knowledge or it was pretty friendly to everyone, even if they were like very, very vaguely familiar with baseball? And I'm talking like that they knew there was a baseball, a bat and three bases, four so bases. You swing at the ball. And yeah. You like, hope it goes somewhere. Yeah. I thought so. I had no problem keeping up with what was going on. Yeah, I just was very curious because it's going to be interesting when we watch the football movies where I'm very unfamiliar with football that sometimes like it can like the jargon can dominate the film where I'm like, I you've lost me because I don't understand what you're talking about. Mm. Whereas I felt as though this really didn't have too much jargon or didn't have any baseball jargon that was like, hey, like, what does that necessarily mean? They also explained the first time that he got to walk. Correct. Because the adult's like, huh? And then the child's like, oh, he it, four balls means he gets to walk to the next base. Yeah. So they they tried to explain it within the movie, which is great for viewers. Yeah. So this movie deals with race again. And we had already really touched over that aspect of race in hidden figures like prior weeks ago and how there were moments of them standing up for themselves and like other people standing up for themselves but in this film and situation you see less of that and it's more about the hatefulness in this film like I think the only people that kind of stand up for Jackie or kind of like the segregation is the announcer that one incident with the guy on the street who was rooting for him it kind of see like there was this buildup of music of like oh my god he's gonna get jumped and he was like no like I just want to let you know like I'm rooting for you like yeah. like I see the sport as baseball and then just a handful of his teammates as well kind of stick up for him. And then, of course, Ricky, because Ricky's the one who headhunted someone to come and join the team. It was certainly a knee-jerk reaction from me when all of a sudden these, like, racial slurs were coming out. And it was very overwhelming. And it was like, I don't have any exposure to this. I choose not to expose myself to this because, like, it upsets me on behalf of someone receiving that. How was your reaction? Because we didn't see any of that in Hidden Figures. I just wanted that man to fuck off. I know. I was just like, you just need to stop, sir. Like, there's absolutely no need to be treating anyone like that. Like, okay, you're trying to get in his head. Good on you. But you're also just being a shitty human being. I think like what sometimes people forget when they're being like that is you're not just annoying him, but oh my God, you're annoying everyone else. Well, y yes. I mean, everyone just, ah, ugh. it was, yes, very, uh, very infuriating. Um, I thought the actor did a great job was really what I was trying to like 
remove myself from what was going on to be like, okay, this, this, this guy's just being shitty. <laughs> and it, I, I couldn't imagine being Jackie was, oh uh, yeah, I was trying to put myself in his shoes. I would probably just start crying. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> not want to be there. And it, yeah, just, I can't remember. Is this when he breaks his bat? No, that's actually a little bit later on okay. when he gets hit in the face because the slurs come out on that very opening day and then the, being hit in the face kind of happens later on in the film where it's that nasty. No, by the time that he gets hit on the face, he's laying on the ground and the teams just fight each other and that's oh. how that ends. So no, he doesn't break the bat right away. I believe he does that later on after another incident. Okay. Well, we see eventually Jackie take out his anger from everything that he has experienced um, for being a black player on the team. And the shot is incredible. We haven't really talked much about cinematography. The cinematography. Yeah. But he is in, I don't know, I didn't play baseball. But He's this, in the like, dugout to but the like, hallway oh, the to the change room. Yeah. And the hallway is like this dusty gray wall and the way that it is framed the lighting or the light to outside to the dugout is behind mm -hmm. Jackie and it's just him this like like dark shadow just destroying his baseball bat <laughs> um and having a breakdown and then then Ricky shows up to to talk to him but it just you're so um fixated on Jackie in that moment with like how it's framed and mm -hmm. how the, the the lighting is well done yeah I wanted to go back to the two actors who had played um Jackie and then the uh, bully essentially on the um other team they purposely did not talk to each other because they wanted to not have any connection and any yeah, yeah yeah because like he didn't want to be friends with the guy who he basically has to verbally assault yes and then like once all of that had like been finished then they could come together and just be like, okay it's like it's a role let's yeah let's leave it there and I thought that was like a very interesting um way of doing it I I probably would have done the same thing oh yeah because then you're just like that's that's roll me. I'm done with roll me. And we I can yeah. move on with who I am as a person. We can jump into the ratings. What is your story score? Give it a four. Okay. Really liked it. Enjoyed the pacing. Um, I I was disappointed how it ended the way that it did. I wanted more, but I think I was just enjoying it. I knew that I would it would likely end with text on a, a screen, but I felt like there was more that could have been told within the end of the story. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I only rated a three, but I like it's me. It's not the story. It's like it was that first hour, me trudging through it, not really enjoying it. I didn't find that the pace of the first hour was fast, but that was me. It's not the movie. I think if I go back to it, it would be a different situation. Um. But I think like the story itself was told really well and the characters involved that they had chosen to pick 
were also really great. But I I think it was just like me really struggling, not necessarily the movie struggling. Music. I gave it a four. Honestly, don't remember it, but I thought it was like nothing was bad. And I think it fit the movie very well. You said that it was more jazzy. Yeah. So I gave it a 3.5 and it was very jazzy, but also it had this like beautiful instrumental that was very specific and curated and probably created for this film because Mm -hmm. you I just remember hearing it. They had this buildup of like evil music, like something's about to happen. Yeah. And when the guy comes across the street, it's just like this. He just says thank you. He doesn't. Yeah. And then the music like dissipates into something happy. And I was like, whoa, like well done. Yeah. This created more than what needed to be created because like it was already intimidating with this gentleman coming over. I also want to say like the announcer guy, I liked his voice. I can't, I don't know his, his actor name, but I think he did a really, really good job as like the announcer. And I know that's like not necessarily like music, but it's like a sound aspect. Mm-hmm. Your visuals. Gave it a four. It was visually great. The shots that they had um, of like the baseball field, even that final game that they play, they show Ricky standing in an empty stadium. Mm -hmm. They flip through the wife who's walking outside with the baby in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn. And then obviously the game and they're, they're going through and they have the um, announcer or the, like the radio going. So you're getting the audio feed of the game playing. And that's how Ricky and Rachel are because they can't watch it. They're not watching in front of a TV. They're just listening Mm -hmm. to the game. Well done. I also gave it a four. I think the coloring of Mm -hmm. this was really, really beautiful. It had this, um, I would say like, muted like nothing was bright or vibrant in this film it was all muted but it was like so I guess like sandy yeah like I was gonna say brown tones like warmer the only thing really that was bright with color was the bus yeah it was blue that's all I can think of yeah it just it was really beautiful (laughs) It was really beautiful to watch. And I also thought that the shots that they had done with the like just the wide angles to really take in a lot of people that were sitting there and watching and then the wide angles of the field. I it just it really was such a beautiful film to watch. Your overall score. Eight. Wow. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay. I also my score is a seven out of ten, and IMDB has it at a seven point five out of ten. Right in the middle. It's right in the middle. Do we keep this DVD? Yes. I'm yes. I liked it. And I know it's on Netflix, but I'd watch it again. I definitely think I need to revisit it uh, in a better mindset for the first hour. But I think it is something that I would rewatch. I want to maybe today while I'm at work, listen to the soundtrack because I think I need to give it a listen and see if it's something that I would connect with a little bit more. Okay, we are going to pick next week's DVD. It's time to bid adieu to 42. Are you ready? I am. I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's hit random. What are we watching next week? I don't know this one. (laughs) Uh, 
I don't think you know this one. 1995. Okay. Pretty uh, star-studded cast is what I will say. Um, it's got Minnie Driver, Colin Firth, Alan Cumming. You, any of these names? Minnie Driver. Colin Firth? Yes. Okay. Alan Cumming, he is the bad guy in Spy Kids. And, and Josie, Josie and the Pussycat. And you're making me try to remember Spy Kids. I know. As if I... <laughs> it's such a classic <laughs> with us. Uh, no, Josie and the Pussycats. He's the one who's the cool producer. The... Yeah, yes. anyways. He's also in a lot of other stuff. I just can't think of, like, those are the two that I'm thinking of right now, which is horrible. Um, yeah, he's... The first thing that comes up is Spy Kids. Great film. Oh, he's in The Good Wife. Uh, yeah, no, unfortunately, I can't really give you much more. You'll see him and you'll be like, yeah, I know. I know who you're talking about. OK, so the movie that we are watching next week is Circle of Friends. Never heard of it. Exactly. So at university in Dublin in 1957, Awkward Benny is introduced to Handsome Jack the son of a doctor who is unsure about following the family business. Okay. So it's an aged film, historical. I mean, it's 1957, filmed in 1995. So I'm interested to see what this is all about. It looks light is what I'm... Yeah, it is light. Drama romance. Hour and 43 minutes. We are going to end the episode there. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this week's episode. If you would like to follow us long, hit the follow or subscribe button. If you would like to follow us on any of our socials, those are linked in the show notes below. Until then, have a really great week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.